21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. I think from the time I can remember, I was always a cup half full person. Um, looking for the positive light, I would jump with both feet, assuming there would be something under me. Um, in college, one of my professors, who was a speech professor, um, asked if I would participate in an exercise at the very beginning of class, and the class was on the art of persuasion. And this, I attribute this as my first experience that gave me insight into the power of conversations. He asked me to find something to pick a fight with him on, something, some, not to pick a fight, something that he could, that I could ask him to do. Um, and I didn't, I had no plans but, and he said, you'll know what it is when I walk in the room. And he walked in and he was wearing sunglasses. And as you can imagine, that would be very distracting when you're trying to have a professor te <laughs> teach you with sunglasses on. So I raised my hand, asked, can you take the glasses off? And he said, no. Um, and so I began to argue with him and explain why. And I tried to enlist the class. And, you know, wouldn't you all like to have his glasses taken off as well? And he kind of looked over his glasses and scowled at us. And they just put their hands down and shut up. And, um, and then I started giving all my arguments and my reasons why he would be a better teacher if he took them off, et cetera. And he finally looked at me and he said, look, if you don't like it, you can leave. And by that time, I was so into what I was doing, I picked up my books and my purse and I walked out of the classroom, got out in the hall and was like, yikes. And less than a minute later, he kind of came out and he said, great job, come on back in. And he said, that is a perfect example of how not um, to persuade anybody to do anything. <laughs> Um, and the course was really all about how do you connect with people and find common grounds and, and bring them towards where you want them to go. But it was, it was kind of a first lesson in um, how powerful our conversations can be and how we use them. Research and the model that explains the way I work and the way I live my life. Um, and Jackie and I, for, ever since then, <laughs> have been after how do we put this in a really um, easy way for people to be able to use the appreciative inquiry practices to create positive change in their relationships and in their life. And that's what our book is about. It seems like your life was a sweetest dream or oh. <laughs> you, had, you, you had your nightmares as well. Oh, um, I did. I mean, of course, I've ha I have all sorts of up ups and downs. Um, my nightmares, um, you want real personal nightmares or work nightmares? Well, anything that uh, where, where you 
used your positive thinking, positive mindset to solve the issue. Okay. One of the most um, shocking things that ever happened to me was getting fired from a job. And I had, um, I'd been in the job for two years. How disgusting. Yes, I know. <laughs> and How I, dare I, you <laughs> giving me? <laughs> okay. Um, I just, I mean, I was, I couldn't imagine that ever happening to me. Um, Very sad moment, indeed. It, well, it was, it was, it was more, it was more embarrassing than it was sad for me, because I had already started working on a nonprofit and I was mm. going to give this job one more year and then I was going to start my nonprofit. So I'd already oh, that's, started. That's, yeah, that, that's the problem. That's a real problem, really. Yeah, it was. Understand. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so it's not my, just about ego, but there was a real issue. Yeah. And my heart wasn't in what I was doing. It was kind of a transition to where I wanted to go. But the but not not even having an inkling that that, that was coming was um, was a complete shock to me. Um, but it didn't take me very long to spin it into, well, this is great. Now I can put 100% of, of my time into it. I just needed kind of the kick in the pants from the universe. And um, yeah, I didn't stay in the wallowing for very long. <laughs> So if um, I understand you were some kind of uh, new entrepreneur, because there are yes. a lot of entrepreneurs listening uh, to your story and they have their own pitfalls and their own, their own ups and downs. A lot of them um, are in startup phase. So, so for them, it's probably hard as it was for you. Yes. Um, and I did, I did end up starting um, a nonprofit um, business, which uh, I left 10 years later, and somebody else grew it into something much bigger than I did. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I started another company quite a while later, which was very, very successful, until my business partner got in a relationship that totally split our company apart. Mm -hmm. um, and that was another kind of like drop. Um, but again, it was kind of like, okay, I'm not supposed to be doing that anymore. What's next? Um, and Jackie emerged. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie emerged. Jackie, your story, your life story. Oh, goodness. I could just sit here and listen. I love Sherry's stories. Um, I'll just give you a couple of key points because I listen to Sherry it reminds me of um, my eclectic career in my very very first job besides you know those of us who have to babysit was um, I was actually a lifeguard a swim instructor and what I didn't realize until I learned about appreciative inquiry is as a, as a lifeguard, um, we told the kids, don't run on the deck and they run on the deck. Don't dive in the shallow end and they dive in the shallow end. And we always gave them commands of what don't to do. And then they would hear the run and the dive and, and they did everything we didn't want them to do. 
And I didn't realize it till many years later, if we could only tell them to walk on the deck, dive in the deep end, boy, how helpful language would have been if somebody trained me as a 14 year old, what I learned when I was 29, 29 year old. And, um, and I worked a lot for, um, with entrepreneurs. I worked for the Michigan Small Business Development Center Network. And my job was to help people put business plans together to start a business or to help entrepreneurs who are expanding, expand their um, business. And I remember um, one time doing a presentation in one of the small businesses I was working with. And somebody got really angry about the color red that I picked for the brochure and how ugly the red was, how they didn't like the red, how it, and I finally in, in the moment said, so, so tell me what red would you like? He said, I don't know. And then I showed him all the reds that I looked at and he asked me a question. He says, I didn't know there were that many reds. He said, well, why did you pick this red? And we got into the conversation of the red and these PMS colors. And he's like, I really love the red you picked. And it, it just, it reminded me, um, just questions are the answers. And he said, and nobody ever asked me, what would I like? And I was lucky that he says, I'm always telling people what I don't like. And they get into arguments. And he said, I was 19 at the time. He said, you young lady, you actually asked me what color I would like. And then we had this conversation about the color red and he loved the color red. So I, I just think of these pocket of stories um, of how important questions are to ask questions and how to reframe situations when things are going wrong for you. And um, one of the things, and so Sherry and I met, it was after 9-11, right, Sherry? Maybe 2002? And we come from very different worlds, but we had a very keen interest in, um, I would say, trying to make relationships, communications, and things better. So that's how we began our journey with um, writing first about relationships. And then 15 years later, we figured out it was all about our conversations. And so that kind of brings us into the present moment is um, the importance of curiosity in my life has been really being curious, asking questions. And then to think there's a whole discipline on this that you mentioned appreciative inquiry and how we could study the importance of um, questions and conversations in our lives. And that's what we get to do and it's a whole lot of fun. What kind of communication two of you have each other? Um, it's That's a really interesting question. Um, I think um, that uh, Jackie and I are, as Jackie mentioned, we, we come from very different backgrounds. Uh, we also have very different strengths. And our communication, I think, has gotten better and better and more... Um, open and honest and our our capacity to have empathy and compassion and trust one another has grown over our years of working together because we've we 
We make room for one another's strengths instead of fighting it in our conversations. Um, and just an example would be, um, I, I tend to be um, uh, pretty intuitive. And so I'll make these big leaps mm -hmm. and, um, and Jackie is like, I trust where you're going, but I cannot follow you. You're going to have to give me the stepping stones. And she forces me to find those stones that are under there. And sometimes I'm like, I'm sure it's here, but I have no idea. But between the two of us in trying to find and make it really explicit, we even sometimes end up a little bit off from where I thought we were going to jump. And so the, the combination of being open to, instead of resisting each other, it, being open to the different styles, um, I think ends up um, making not only our overall work together so much better, um, but we've, we've, at least I'll speak for myself, I've really grown conscious of where I need other people with different strengths mm -hmm. to partner with me in different ways because, um, uh, you know, Jack, Jackie's skills and the strengths that she br brings are absolutely essential to the, to, I am so sorry. Jackie's skills it's, it's call, are absolutely- It's a call for change. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie's skills are absolutely essential for the success of what we do together. Um, she makes sure everything is professional and um, that things are clear and explicit and correct. And that is important when we're trying to communicate, especially if we're trying to make something complex, simple. Um, and so I'm I, a very I simple have, person. No, you're not simple at all. It's that capacity to like, let's break this down because it's not clear yet. Um, and that's helped me get really clear. You know, I would have this fuzzy idea and now I've got so much clarity from working with her. Jackie, what was your transformation during working with Sherry? Sherry is a very creative person who operates in flow. And, and if you've ever said, heard of the work of Chicksun Mihai and flow, when she's in flow, she's on a go. And which is great because um, I know she will let me catch up with her. And then it's kind of a, it's a creative tension where I will like to deconstruct things. And at the end, it's amazing. Um, and, and when you think of entrepreneurs, um, the definition of entrepreneurs, you know, the ones who undertake risk is we wouldn't be as far as we are without her creativity and wanting to push further than I could ever imagine. So she's always very patient and she and she waits with me. And that's what I think is when I think of entrepreneurs. Sometimes I don't think I'm all that patient. <laughs> Sorry, Jake, I just saw the reaction. It's on all your podcasts, so I wanted to. <laughs> but when I when I think of um, people's lives flourish or flounder one conversation at a time, most I would say about ninety eight percent of the time we're always flourishing together, um, and that's what's really important is is the connection and the communication. I have learned more with this book in the last, gosh, three years with Sherry 
than I've learned in the first 10 years we were together, or the first 12 years. And that's yeah. why um, it's not, we have a chapter called It's Not Magic, It's Science. There's so much science behind this, um, but it feels really magical it when, does. When, you, when you're building your companies and your communities and you're doing things. Situation when you helped each other significantly or on, on a deep level. Kind of the title of the book comes to mind, Sherry. The journey on, it was easier to write the book than name this book. Uh -huh. <laughs> and when I, cause I, cause I remember I was in, um, I was in Ireland when we were going through the title. You talk about science. Um, we knew in the title, we wanted it to be around conversations and we knew we wanted this word appreciative inquiry in it. And the, our editor did a title search and we, we both had two different ideas about titles, but the data came back that the book should be called Conversations Worth Having. And of course there's a subtitle. And we didn't, we didn't like that title at first. So our editor was really patient with us. He's like, fine, I will do another title search, but I want this title in the title search again. So we were like, fine. And we did another title search. And the, he says, I have never seen statistics like this. This is the title of your book. And that was like a really trusting moment because we were not in love with the title mm -mm. of the book. So we made that decision and it didn't feel good, but we really trusted our editor at that point. And I remember having to go through the book and the remember how we had to rewrite the manuscript to fit the title that we were going with. Mm. And it was just like, we fell in love with conversations worth having. It just rolls off our tongue when you're not even referring to a book, you guys have to have conversations worth having and you needed to feel productivity and engagement in lives. And so it's like raising a child. Wouldn't you think our book is like our third, we each have two kids, so they'd be like our third child. So how did you celebrate success? A question for both of you. enjoying the company of our, our one another, our friends and our family. We've cel that we've celebrated success that way. Um, we've celebrated success by um, sharing what uh, what we are gaining with those people that are working with us. by celebrating them. I think as I was listening to Jackie just describe what she described, it feels a lot like this, like this book, that she and I have been conduits or channels for this book to come out as opposed to the actual authors or creators of it, that this title wanted to come out. We resisted it. We tried every which way to, take the information in the book and put it in a different format and it kept you know our editor kept saying that's not it and we kept saying well tell us what it is because i don't know what it is i just know what it's not and then all of a sudden at some point it came out and we were like oh oh my goodness it's all about conversations 
know, it wasn't like we had that that thought and it, and so there's been a lot of getting out of our own way and then, um, and then just celebrating and honoring and being grateful for that opportunity. How valuable is having each other in your life? Oh, <laughs> it's worth, it's priceless. We talk about this all the time. You know, Martin, you have asked us questions nobody has ever asked. In an yeah, interview. it's really wonderful. Thanks. Thank you're you. making us. Because when you say this is all about entrepreneurs, when you write a book, it's like coming up with a product and a business. And our strengths align with each other. And I always say to Sherry in emails and texts, I'm so glad I have a partner because what I can't do, she can do and vice, and vice versa. Vice versa. It's, been, it's been priceless having a partner. Yeah. It, and, and our partnership has grown. Um, in the beginning, it was nothing like it is right now. It feels like there is so much trust and um, and commitment to one another that, that just never gets questioned. Are there any other models for uh, entrepreneurs listening uh, to us such as peer-to-peer -peer, that they can use for having such an experience as two of you have during working together. I was in peer-to-peer -peer because I felt alone and a lot of entrepreneurs are feeling yeah. alone. And 75% of my guests are alone and want to have this kind of, of uh, cooperation and, and life experience two of you have for a long period of time. So for them, what what's the orientation what's the energy into direction of finding that one and only jackie or one and only <laughs> sherry ah uh, boy i it's a good question to to i don't know that there's a um a tried and true way of how you find that person i think that Finding someone who has the same um, passion and long-term goal that you do is absolutely a central part of it. And then the other part is, um, is not partnering with somebody that's just like you. It's like, who's the person? It's not a romantic relationship, but who's the person who's going to complete me? You know, where are where are my 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 gaps like I am not a detail person but to be successful you've got to have somebody paying attention to the details mm -hmm. Jackie is such an amazing detail person I don't know how she does it I I can't do it but I, I am so ever grateful for it um, and the, our work would not be where it is without that so I think you know for entrepreneurs to say what's what are the components I'm missing? And then not really to get into that mindset of, I don't have to be the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I can be part of it and be completely open and vulnerable and curious and more focused on moving the mm -hmm. service or the product or whatever it is forward than you are about mine. 
I think the other thing that Jackie and I both do, and she's she is even so much better at it than I am, is it's not about the money. <laughs> it's just not about that. It is about creating this movement to create positive change in the world. Um, and yeah, so I that Jackie. that's those are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna so I'm gonna pick on three things that Sherry said and kind of build on it. Um, Diversity of thought is really important. Um, Diversity is something we could see. You could look at people and see men and women in a room. You can kind of tell different ages and color. Um, But you could have that look of diversity in a room. But what if they all think the same way? And so just our diversity of of how we think and how we get things done, we're really clear and open about it. we have a business plan. We spent, you know, we were just going to write a book together. We've done that. Sharon and I did that before this book, but this book has created a movement. So we, we, we kind of pulled back and as entrepreneurs, we made a lot of investment of our own money into creating this community of practice and saying, what's our mission? What's our vision? What's our values? Um, how do we bring people into this community and help lift them up? So Sherry and I, meet every Tuesday. And sometimes we meet for two hours. Sometimes we meet with four hours. Sometimes we got to get back together on Friday. But oh, communication is so important. Um, And knowing your again, I'm going to go back to and this is a little bit with appreciative anger is knowing your strengths. And, and really running forward with your Sherry knows I'm the detailed slow me down person. So I let her run with her creativity. I even let her go first on so many things. Because I need to think it through. And she and that's why I think you're always patient with me. And it's just um, we're always in harmony together and flow. And that's what's really important. And that doesn't happen overnight. That does take mm-hmm. patience and understanding. So you've got to have the business sense, which we do. Um, and then you have to have the, the, the different strengths of what it takes to in our case, we're um, creating a community of practice around conversations worth having, but you start businesses up and you can't do it alone. Look for strategic partnerships. Look for someone that gives you synergy. So you're not doing it all. Sherry, in that quest of finding your business soul, what kind of conversations do we need? Uh, Critical one, destructive one, (laughs) worth having? We want we want conversations that move us towards the outcomes we're looking for. It's like, mm-hmm. where do I, what are, what am I trying to find? What am I trying to do? And how do we have a conversation to to um, to make that really clear? Um, either within our own minds, having that conversation. If I'm a solopreneur, but if I'm looking for that that um, partner. It's having conversations about what I'm looking for um, and what are you looking for in a partner? And, you know, might this be something we could do together? Um, Clear on what levels? Clear on... um, Emotional level, cognitive level. I I think clear on all levels. All the above. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think think one of the things... um, I used to think that I was cognitively clear on appreciative inquiry, 
but I don't think I got fully cognitively clear until I was mind, body, spirit, emotions. All of it was like, Congruent. oh my goodness, it's conversation. And I got, yeah, c congruent through this. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, um, it was a whole different level of clarity for me. Yeah, I would say um, if you're, if those of you listening here, ask yourself in your waking moments, how much, how many hours are you in conversations in your mind, talking to yourself in conversations where you're doing something on an email, a text, social media, in conversations with others. And most people will tell us, which is, this is an interesting number. When we say one to a hundred, they'll say anywhere from 95% to 300%. I was like, wow, that's a lot of conversations in your working waking hours. But but that's more like we're constantly in conversations. Unless you're meditating, probably. Or sleeping, maybe. Then you're trying not to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and even that's hard because when I first learned to meditate, I was having conversations. <laughs> but can you? Is it possible to have some higher state of mind, some higher level of awareness and still being able to communicate, to interact? That is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, to be able to communicate with intention. So being aware of what I'm saying and aware of what I'm doing with my words. Being aware of your accomplish. heart chakra. Yes. Yep. <laughs> exactly. When you speak about appreciative inquiry, what does it mean? Uh, and is there a model? Um, so I'll give you a simple definition and quickly break apart the two words. So Appreciative inquiry is an, it's an approach, it's a philosophy, it's about discovering, imagine this, discovering the best in your people and the situations and the relevant world around them. That's very um, refreshing and there's lots of science, but it's productive for you and its engagement. If you look up the word appreciative, it means to value. So appre being appreciative means I value you, Martin, and I value our situation. I value it. And inquiry is, a, is really powerful because inquiry is questions and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so it's when you bring the two to, together, it's about really asking questions so that we value each other in this situation and what's going on and how do we find a way forward together. That's amazing having having the context as well, taking into consideration the context as well, not just the interaction per se. I really like it. I, I, I like the model a lot. So if we want to learn more about everything you shared with us, where to start? I'm biased, I think, because I'm the author, but I've had other people say to me, um, 
If somebody wants to understand appreciative inquiry, your book Conversations Worth Having is the place I tell them to start because it's simple, it's straightforward, it's something they can do immediately. And then it also gives a taste in chapter six of the more complex appreciative inquiry for a whole system. Um, and then they can, from there, there are resources in the book if they want to look further. And, and I, I would, yeah, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say. And, and I would say the, um, the least expensive way, if you, if you just want to take a peek, if you go to cwh.today, you can download um, an overview of the book, the preface, the introduction for free. Um, there's a nice explanation of what the book is about, the importance of the questions, generative questions you ask, and, and it just gives you a real taste. And this is so simple to do. And I will tell you that people say, well, how do, how do I do this in a work environment? Well, in our book, we give you everything from how do I do this with my kids? How do I do this with my, my family? How do we do this in workplaces? It's going to be your best return on investment is your conversations. Twenty first century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.